Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody, all right? We're talking about uh, borderline personality. And, it's called, and I call this show The Art of Gaslighting because in towards the end of the show, I'm going to go into gaslighting and how uh, these guys are like experts at gaslighting, which is about making people feel like they're, they're the crazy one. But the first thing I want to do is, is really just break out what is a borderline personality disorder from a diagnostic perspective and then kind of get into the shape of what the person is like and how their behavior works and how to recognize uh, how they operate. And then, uh, because these these folks can be very destructive uh, to to anyone who is a, a family member, a friend, especially a marital partner who may not have who made a fast commitment uh, and didn't know what they were getting into. And then we'll go into the gaslighting feature because gaslighting is is such a crazy maker, and people find it very hard to identify with because they they're always. Uh, moving the cheese, basically. They're always making the other person feel as if they're accountable for things that the actual borderline person is accountable for. And gaslighting is not always just a borderline personality. It's also the narcissistic personalities, which means the very self-centered people. It can be people that are highly intelligent and irresponsible. And so there's all kinds of people that use gaslighting, but the big the big one for the borderline personality is is the gaslighting. All right, so let's just break it out. A borderline personality disorder is basically a chronic condition, and, and it might include mood uh, instability, difficulty with uh, interpersonal relationships, high rates of self-injury, and suicide behavior. Um, they, uh, it's also characterized by pervasive disorders uh, instability of moods, uh, interpersonal relationships, self-image, behavior, and this instability often uh, disrupts family and work life and long-term planning and an individual's sense of identity. So people with, uh, they call it BPD, originally thought to be the border of psychosis and neurosis. And so they suffer from difficulties with emotional regulation. And with less known uh, uh, than schizophrenia and bipolar uh, disorder, it also affects about 2% of the adults in in the world. And uh, these folks exhibit high rates of, uh, some of them do, not all of them. Some of them are just emotional wrecks, but some of them have self-injurious behaviors such as cutting, elevated rates of attempted or completed suicide. A lot of them use suicide as a tool to trap people into a relationship. The self-injurious behavior is more seen as an indicator that they're likely going to move into a borderline personality in the teenage years when they do all the cutting. And so, you know, they, they, uh, their, their suicide risk is greatest as young adult years. So that would be about 18 to 21. And they tend to do, decrease with age because it's more common in women than men with 75% of the cases are diagnosed in women. So, you know, people with this borderline personality disorder often need a lot of mental health services and account for about 20% 
of the psychiatric hospitalizations that are out there. And, and yet with help, the majority stabilize and can lead productive lives. Um, you know, according to the DSM-5, which is the latest diagnostic manual for mental health, that they, the symptoms are basically like this. that They have, number one, efforts to avoid uh, real or imagined uh, abandonment, a lot of bouts of anger and depression, anxiety that may last only hours or at most a, a few days. And they, these may be associated with episodes of impulsive aggression, self-injury, drug or alcohol abuse. They also have distortions in their thoughts. And this is the big one. A sense of self can lead to frequent changes in long-term goals or career plans, their jobs, their friendships, their identity, their values. I mean, they don't really know who they are. And sometimes people with BPD, uh, uh, borderline personality disorder, they, they look at themselves as bad or unworthy, and they may feel bored or empty or unfairly misunderstood, mistreated, and they have little idea who they are, but they always feel like a victim. That's what they want. They want to be a victim, and that's their biggest thing. Um, you know, with the recurrent suicidal behavior, they have a, a transient stress-related paranoid thinking or disassociation, which means they, they lost touch with their reality. And they often have the, – the, the big one is unstable patterns of social relationships. They can develop – Intense, stormy attachments, though, so their attitudes toward family, friends, loved ones may suddenly shift from idealization, which is basically a great admiration and love instantly, to an instant devaluation, which is an intense anger and dislike. And they may form an immediate attachment and then idealize another person, but then a slight separation or conflict occurs and they switch unexpectedly to the other extreme and angrily accuse the other person of not caring up for them at all. So most people can tolerate the, the ambivalence of experiencing two contradictory states at one time. But these BPD folks, the borderline personalities, uh, they must shift back and forth between good and bad states. So if they're in a bad state, for example, they have no awareness of a good state. So that means everybody's either all bad or all good. And so, you know, these folks are very sensitive to rejection. And, and once again, there's a fear of abandonment and reacting with anger, distress, to even mild separations. And so even a vacation or a business trip, uh, anything like that can be very disruptive to, their, to them. And so uh, while you're leaving, you're going to see a lot of those negative thoughts come forward and the fears of abandonment. Um, and, and so they basically, uh, when something is going to become absent, they feel like they're lost or they're worthless because they put all themselves usually in the people that they love. So, for instance, they may focus on the job of their uh, partner or they may focus on the status of uh, their father or mother as far as finances or whatever is concerned. So they really focus their self-esteem on the people that they know in their life, yet they abuse the heck out of them. Um, you know, there's some genetic uh, factors, but it's primarily um, abuse. Uh, a lot of them have been uh, sexually abused. They've been, uh, they've been neglected. They've been uh, separated as children. And, uh, you know, about 71% have reported sexual abuse in, in one way or another by a non-caregiver. 
And so there's a, a lot of vulnerability that comes out of that childhood and paired with maybe some depression and anxiety, that abuse uh, perpetuates itself into a personality such as what's called a borderline personality. So, you know, it's it's really important to be able to identify them, whether you're close to someone with a borderline personality or wonder whether you have the disorder yourself. There's, there's a, a, a basic method that you can follow, um, and it's called the web method. And the words, your emotions, and your behavior is, is what's recognizable. And by recognizing the personality in, in, in their life, you can adapt to how to interact with the person to be more effective and have more realistic expectations and make more informed decisions about whether to maintain or leave the relationship. The deal is this person, if they're going to be treated in therapy, they really have to begin to say, I have this problem. So that's why we want to identify it. And so it's important to know that you cannot change someone else's personality, but you may be able to manage the relationship. So it helps to know that there's effective, you know, treatments, uh, cognitive treatments, dialectic therapy, personality, uh, learning skills of self-management, you know, distress tolerance, learning how to tolerate people being away from you that you love. So, you know, the underlying theme is the fear of abandonment. And uh, most of the difficult behaviors of someone with borderline is a fear of abandonment in close relationships. So these behaviors can go from clinging, which is lots of phone calls, text messages, showing up by surprise, to manipulation, to keep a relationship, like lying, saying that someone else is angry at you, pretending to be pregnant, suicidal threats, gestures, and to a full-on range of, of abandonment, which is verbal criticism, spreading rumors on the internet, sometimes physical abuse. And they also manage emotions can, can be difficult for the person as intense emotions often take over and complete, completely dis, uh, disproportionate to the situation. So they tend to see others in extreme terms. You're all good or you're all bad, you know, but not all of those with the disorder are high conflict people. You know, uh, they, they sometimes are preoccupied with blaming others, may seek revenge, vindication against them when their targets often have done nothing wrong. So the fixation on attacking others is what stands out for some of the, someone with this, uh, you know, difficult combination of the borderline. So here's what we look for in their words. Here's, here's a big one. They can be the life of the party and appear to be very popular and attractive. So their words can be extremely seductive. Soothing, exciting, alternating with extreme criticism, anger, and rage. And so what they're trying to do is draw people to them and, and make people identify with them. So they use extremely positive words, whether you, whether you see them as a friend, a coworker, a dating partner. They want a fast commitment, faster than most, and to, to a close relationship to help them feel secure that you will never leave them. So very quickly, they would reveal that I, can, I can't get you out of my head. I, I feel that we're soulmates, you know, made to be together forever. You're the most wonderful person I've ever met. You're, you're my dream come true. Let's get married. They'd be the first to say I love you. You know, that, that's kind of words that you'd hear from a borderline personality. And this could occur within the first few days of actually meeting this person. And this is not to say that the words are, are only said uh, by the borderline personality because they can be said by other people, but it, it should be a real a red flag uh, of when you hear that. They tend to lack emotional boundaries. 
restraint of step-by-step getting to know you that most people have in new relationships is, is often missing. And they tend to idealize people who are simply being nice to them. And at some point, usually um, as you get closer, the person will switch to intense criticism and rage, often over something minor or non-existent, like simply being friendly to someone else. You know, how could you treat me so badly? How, how insensitive? You must have known how this would have hurt me. You're the most worst person I've ever met. I'm going to tell everybody how awful you are. You betrayed me. You showed me how truly evil you really are. You need to face the truth about yourself. Blah, blah, blah. And so usually if they're going to put that, they'll put it in a text and they'll put it in all caps and bold and underline. And then they're back to extremely positive again after they've dumped that on you. And so they, they go between extreme loving and friendliness to extreme anger and hatefulness. And that can occur within minutes of each other over days and weeks, especially in an effort to win you back. I'm so sorry I got so angry at you. I'll make it up to you. Please, 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 you know, let me explain, you know, if you really only want me, you know, just meet with me to discuss what happened. I'll pour my heart out to you and show you that this will never happen again. That's kind of what they're thinking. So, you know, remember how you said that people should treat me nicer, given my history. I'm counting on you to be that kind of person. I mean, that's the wording you're going to hear from this kind of, you know, something like that is what you're going to hear from a person that is a borderline personality. Then the emotions, you know, recognize how your feeling is surprisingly helpful way of realizing when you're dealing with someone with a borderline. Um, You know, you always feel like you're on eggshells around these folks. And if you're feeling that you're walking on eggshells and fearful of triggering the person's rage, you know, that's often a warning sign. So there's there's a good, you know, there is a book actually. It says Stop Walking on Eggshells by uh, Mason and Krieger. And there's also another book, and I can't remember the author of it. It's I Hate You, Don't Leave Me. I hate you. Don't leave me. You know, you get jerked around. It's like you're on a swing. You're back and forth from really exciting, loving to reality fighting and the target of hate. And you may feel like you're not going crazy because it's obvious that that the that borderline is acting badly. But they they say it's really you that's acting badly. And, and, and so you start questioning yourselves. And that's where the gaslighting starts. It actually starts sooner than that. But that's where it really flames up. So then there's this sex and infatuation. So the, these can happen quickly with a borderline. They'll just jump right in. You know, it's easy to fall in love with them because they can be so charming, exciting, uh, affectionate, and they can make you feel really special. But this is only one side of the coin that you're going to see. The other is the anger, the resentment, the potential abuse. You know, uh, be aware that rushing to make any commitments based on infatuation, it's better to wait a year to see if there's a high conflict pattern beneath the first the surface. You know, most long term relationships, if they're going to be long term, are based on friendship first and then move on into something more intimate. And so, you know, that they're capable of extreme behavior that 90% of people would never do, such as screaming at you in public, suddenly running out of a meeting, physically assaulting you, breaking a favorite object, checking, checking up on you at work, spreading false rumors about you online, making up stories about you to get you to trouble with an important people in your life. And, and keep in mind that all these behaviors can occur during a relating a dating relationships as or as friends at work or as neighbors and otherwise and it can be really shocking so you know targets of blame if they have a high conflict personality 
then their solution to their to most of their problems attacks is the target of blame and usually someone else that is close to them. So this can switch at any time. New targets include anyone who doesn't support them and their blame of their targets. Just trying to set limits with them, you know, uh, uh, it, it can trigger their intense blaming behavior. Like, I can't get together with you this weekend or we need to slow this down. You're getting too intense for me. That kind of stuff is how they operate. So people with borderline can surprise you with their negative feedback and emotional confrontations. But by recognizing that this is a pattern of behavior, you will realize that many of their emotions are beyond their conscious control and will therefore repeat, repeat, unless they're working to change them. And they always promising to change, uh, but they can't follow through with it. So it takes a lot of practice if they're going to change that behavior. You know, so if you recognize that in yourself, it's good to know that you can learn to change, but you need therapy. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the borderline personality and relationships, and then we're going to move into the gaslighting to make you feel crazy. Come back. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. All of them have amazing stories resulting in transformed lives. You'll learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and a replay Fridays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. 
or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about borderline personality disorder, the art of gaslighting. That's what the lovely borderline folks will love to do to their victims, especially in committed relationships. Um, you know, the, the borderline personality, they affect relationships between family members, friends, other people in the community. You know, there's just always turmoil with these folks. There's just constant turmoil, walking on eggshells, trying to avoid them. And then they then you reject them and then they get into rage and they create this Broadway production. It's just unbelievable how they operate. But, but once again, you got to understand a lot of these folks from an empathetic perspective, a lot of these folks really do come from abuse and neglect and, and sexual molestation, uh, rape even, you know, just lots of sexual abuse sometimes or, or just neglect of the parents. Like you just care less. You know, it, it's, you know, what can you do to resolve it? You know, I mean, a lot of people with borderline personality have intense, unstable relationships with everybody. And they know that people can't tolerate them or can only tolerate them so long because their, their, their relations tend, tend to be uh, all good or all bad. And they can be unable to experience contradictory feelings when relating to the world of others. So that means they have to go either all bad or all good. They don't have the capacity to do gray. They don't have the capacity. So all they do is is simplify everything into black and white thinking. It's called splitting. And, and it, spill over, it spills over into all relationships, including work, school, professors, instructors, managers, supervisors, and especially partners in life or in long-term relationships. And their children. By the way, they teach their children this one. You know, the borderline personality is, is, is a really important to understand the paradox. Uh, the, they yearn for closeness, but their attempts to fill the emptiness inside drive away those that are most dear to them. So the stability of a partner can break the self-destructive loop uh, they're caught in. So when people with borderline personality love, they love hard. They, they idealize their partners and friends and they're forming obsessive relationships and they think they have a stronger relationship than they really do with these people because most of the people that have to deal with them really can't stand them because uh, it's, it's just too much energy to have to deal with these people. And the other thing about it is if you really have good intuition and somebody walks into a party that has a, 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 any kind of personality disorder – your first indicator in your brain is going to say, ooh, and you're either going to move towards it or away from it. People are strange because they like to save people. And so some people will go towards this borderline and find it attractive because they'll be wearing uh, somewhat provocative clothing. They'll be talking somewhat provocative. They'll be st- look at, having glances elsewhere than they should. I mean, they, they got all kinds of techniques that they use, basically, that they're not even aware of. And if they are aware of, um, then, you know, at this point, they're just operating within the personality. So they love hard. And, um, you know, they... they they, uh, when love disappoints, they, they, the sufferers go to the opposite extreme. 
So their terror of abandonment driving them to anxiety and rage and paranoia. The drama of love on a borderline has long been uh, <laughs> something that the media has uh, celebrated. If you look at the old movie uh, with Glenn Close, uh, Fatal Attraction, or uh, you know the 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 the, the musical comedy series Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which takes a dark turn when it's obsessive. Heron tries to kill herself, uh, tries to kill herself or, or you know, uh, Ariadna Grande and, and Pete Davison has been open about uh, the BPD diagnosis. So, you know, they get engaged for only a month and then uh, social uh, critics cry fast. Now, underscoring a widespread belief that people with borderline should not be in relationships. But, you know, for them, close relationships, romance, family bonds are often what people crave with a borderline personality disorder. And they often uh, move in in like like a whirlwind. To win over other people, but they, you know, the, the sustaining intimacy is a colossal challenge because these people are so dramatic. They are so negative when you don't do what they want. And so they embody, you know, a, a really important paradox. So they yearn for closeness, but their overriding insecurity tends to drive away the most nicest people. So despite the self-defeating actions, they typically will use, it's not impossible for them to get beyond the histrionics to maintain closeness. And and the very stability of a problem uh, or a partner often proves curative. So sometimes they can anchor on somebody that's a little more stable, have a little better personality development, have be a little farther along than most. If they're, you know, that kind person, they may have a high tolerance for someone. Um, so, that has borderline personality. So the, you know, they're, they're hunger is a very human thing. And to be a borderline state means never feeling that you're, you're recognized, that you're human, and that you're whole, you, you pursue feeling full in your relationships, but they don't fill you. The relationships don't give you that. So there's this volatility and vulnerability of life of the borderline. And, and it's almost universal, uh, human things. We're all, uh, you know, amazingly ugly creatures. Um, I wish I wrote it down. Ellen Horn, uh, I can't remember the first name, but uh, she stated that we're all difficult on the list of things that make us difficult, but we all sometimes shut down the willingness to understand each other's. So we all want to be fed sometimes where we're all wired to react strongly when the prospect of rejection looms. And so fear of abandonment, fear of rejection, that is the primary source where the borderline operates. And so, you know, when a friend seems to be avoiding us or a coworker becomes critical, the borderline will grapple with paranoia about whether, uh, you know, they're being cast aside. So they have this delusion um, of serious relationship, which typically brings on a cascade of trying emotions, diminish self-esteem, and it can cause them to act out in ways that they normally wouldn't. And so, uh, you know, it, although the dramatic uh, volatility of the borderline personality is given, you know, it's given sometimes a bad rap as a condition that's impossible to treat, but it, you know, it is an ongoing torment to friends, family, partners, even therapists. However, you know, if we try to work with it and if they will recognize that they got the issue, there is a way through it, but it, the only way to bounce back is to take responsibility for the disorder that itself and then begin to recognize the signs and then learn how to sub-regulate. And that's done through therapy, outside source looking in. So the volatility and the vulnerability of life of these people, it reflects nearly a universal 
problem. So we're all, you know, just going on through life, working with these people. And in a romantic relationship, it can be really nasty and stormy. It's not uncommon to experience a great deal of turmoil and dysfunction that is illogical. And they, they, they look like this to other people sometimes that they're caring, they're compassionate, they're affectionate. And some people find this level of devotion from a partner pleasant. But a person with borderline personality may also be very physical and eager to spend a lot of time with their partner. So they, they try to basically capture them. And so the abandonment, they freak out. Um, the shift of their partner's feelings, if they're real or imagined, may, may cause them to withdraw or to become angry. And so they, they can get hurt just over you having a bad day if you're a partner. And so these emotional switches can be difficult to handle. Sometimes they can lead to uncomfortable public scenes. Uh, the impulsive behavior of a person with borderline may put that other person uh, or partner at risk just as well as them. And so the, the, the stability may have a positive effect on emotional sensitivities with people with the borderline, but it may require a great deal of work for both people if, if they're in a long-term relationship and they really want to make it work. So, uh, you know, the most common and detrimental behaviors um, is just the romance and that, that are short-lived. And people don't know how to end that because they're embarrassed and ashamed that they jumped in with somebody so crazy. So it's important to know that you have a healthy uh, relationship despite your personality, um, you know, or a person with a personality disorder. If somebody is going to have a personality disorder, they've got to take it head on. All right. So now let's just talk about gaslighting. Gaslighting if let's just put it in basic terms, it's a form of uh, manipulation, psychological, and it, it really they just want to sow, sow a lot of seeds of doubt in a targeted person or in a member of a targeted group to make them question their own memory, their own perception, their own sanity. And so they use a persistent denial or misdirection or contradiction and lying in attempts to destabilize the victim and delegitimize de- uh, de- uh, the victim's beliefs. So it's, it's probably one of the oldest and the most effective tricks played on people with emotional sensitivities. It's a, it's a subtle, underhanded, beguiling tactic, and it's often practiced uh, whether or not it is noticed or understood by perpetrators for what it is and how it's being used. It happens in relationships with, which, with regularity – and does not allow persons suffering from a genuine mental health issues to make needed progress or learn how to responsibly manage emotions and discern uh, facts from fiction. So it's particularly stifling um, uh, for borderline personality disorder due to the fact that they are not yet developed confidence in making accurate interpretations and gaining other skills. So gaslighting is so commonly used in relationships, it's especially aggravated with mental health. So it becomes a vital to those suffering from the conditions like borderline to become acutely aware of when it shows up and how to deal with it. So to develop the special uh, type of gaslighting awareness it helps to work through some of the common life scenarios in which this tactic might get used. And so, you know, we'll go through a few. The, the best defense against gaslighting when you have borderline personality, we'll also uh, go into that a little bit too. So it can be used, gaslighting, and in any situation where two people disagree on the facts. And likewise, and by the way, these people are 
often politicians. Guess what? We're in a year where we're going to be watching them go at it, lying, manipulating, using underhanded tactics. Nothing they say is 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 going to be straight up. It just just looking from the outside in, and I'm not going Democrat or Republican, and I know everybody's going to say Trump, but maybe there too. But uh, there's all all a lot of politicians that are a real good gaslight. So. Um, you know, it helps to work through some of the common life uh, scenarios in which, you know, it might get used. So, you know, an attempt to uh, fine tune the complaint uh, may then be made by explaining that uh, they, they don't pick up their clothes off the floor, to which the gaslighting partner might reply. They do pick up their clothes. And if the clothes are on the floor, then they didn't put them there before. So the ongoing denial continues until the complaint is dropped and the emotions get aroused. The gaslighting partner may take this as an opportunity to suggest that the person complaining is now become unstable. And so, you know, expert gaslighters can sound extremely convincing to their audience. No matter what the situation or circumstances, this is why anyone unskilled in mental health, unaware of gaslighting, can easily get drawn into the gaslighter's false reality. Persons with emotional sensitivities may ease to give up their power and lose confidence when they're surrounded by individuals such as, you know, the president. <laughs> you know, to be more specific regarding individuals suffering from borderline, uh, it's very common for emotional and relational problems to be related to experiencing gaslighting in a form of emotional invalidation. For instance, it's not uncommon uh, for one person with a borderline personality to hear that nothing harmful is taking place and just calm down. And so when the emotions are being blatantly dismissed and, in, and invalidated, you know, why are you acting so upset? Crazy, because I said your feelings are wrong. You know, despite the fact that those suffering from borderline need to learn how to take responsibility for their interpretations, their emotions, their behavior, it becomes exceptionally difficult to practice this when they're fueled is added to the emotional uh, fire through uh, their accusing the person that is borderline. So what's what I'm trying to get to is we know the borderline is kind of crazy. We know that they don't take responsibility. We know they do very, very crazy things. But if they're trying to heal, if they're really trying to heal, you don't want to be adding fuel to the fire to make them uh, know that they're just their perceptions are so off base. We need to take a more empathetic and consultative approach to help them become more aware of what they're doing. You know, um, you know, as you start to recognize that you're getting equipped to handle the situations involving a range of uh, skills and areas of self-awareness, of mindfulness, cognitive restructuring, behavioral effectiveness, if you're a borderline person, it's a skill set that you must master. It is if you're going to do anything hard in this life, if you're a borderline personality, the most hardest thing you need to do is take on learning to take responsibility, learning self-awareness, learning mindfulness, um, restructuring your thought process. Um, those are powerful things that you can do, and you need to repeat, repeat, repeat with great frequency if you're trying to get through um, you know, the borderline personality. But, but gaslighting is, is one of those patterns that shows up uh, as, as we're humans. And, uh, you know, the enlightened response to gaslighting may include amusement or curiosity or laughter since 
after all, it's 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 merely uh, another attempt to be made to avoid honesty and emotion. And most humans do that. I mean, almost all I would say all of us uh, manipulate and and hide behind truths. Um, but that's just the way of the world. That's how we are as humans. We're flawed and we have big problems. And so, you know, looking at gaslighting, uh, we'd rather make someone else think they're crazy than to talk about our own craziness or our uh, lack of accountability for things that we've created. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to uh, talk about fighting and we're going to talk about how gaslighting works in fights and uh, try to break it out a little bit better because I kind of went between the victim of uh, the hearing the gaslighting to the borderline hearing the gaslighting. So that could be a little confusing. So I'm going to kind of weed that out. We're going to go into that process and then we're going to talk about healing. Come back. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about the borderline personality disorder, the art of gaslighting. Yes, yes. You know... If you want to recognize a pattern of undermining behavior, gaslighting only works when a victim isn't aware 
of what's going on. And, and so once you become alert to the pattern, you know, it will not affect you as much. But you may be able to say to yourself, you know, here we go again or shrug it off. But once again, you know, keep in mind that gaslighting is not about you. It's about the gaslighter's need for control and power. Often the gaslighter is very insecure human. And in order to feel equal, they need to feel superior. So in order to feel safe, they need to feel they have the upper hand. So they have few other coping skills or other ways to negotiate differences. So that doesn't excuse the behavior. But knowing that may help you take it less personally while you decide whether to maintain a relationship with this person. So you have to be aware that you're unlikely to be able to change them, at least on your own. The gaslighting behavior is the only way they know how to manage their world. And borderline personality people, gaslighting is their big one. And that is the one that makes everybody else feel like they're crazy. So the gaslighter can make a logical excuse for bouncing back between you're all bad or you're all good. Um, you know, uh, you know, you want to, re- you know, rethink if you're in a relationship, whether it's worth putting up with the constant attempts to chip away at your self-esteem. You know, if the gaslighter is your boss or your supervisor, start looking for another job. If the person is a family member or a friend, consider how to put some distance between them and don't feel bad about it. You know, the significant other and you want to uh, preserve the relationship, you'll probably need to insist on, you know, some kind of counseling because these guys are going to make you feel like you're the crazy one because they never want to take accountability for anything, including the obvious. You know, and if you're going to be around them, develop your own support system because you need other people in your life who can confirm your reality and your worth because gaslighters. They try to isolate their victims in order to stay in control, and they often uh, further manipulate their victims by repeatedly telling them they are the only person who really loves and understands them. Don't buy it. Spend time with friends and family. Check out your perceptions by talking to other people who witnessed what the gaslighter is calling into question. So you work on rebuilding your self-esteem because you are the real victim if you're getting gaslighted and you have to remind yourself that you are a lovable capable person regardless of the opinion of the gaslighter and help yourself and by the way the gaslighter is going to get audiences because they don't know them very well or don't know the full story or don't know the full truth and they're going to give them their perception of the truth and they never ever may hear your side of it you know, but you need to rebuild your self-esteem. These people can get get people into all kinds of trouble, uh, personal trouble, legal trouble, losses, jobs. I mean, these dudes, they run ragged over people's lives and can destroy, destroy, destroy because of the way they have this warped, irresponsible perception. You know, create a journal in which you document events that the gaslighter is likely to uh, contest. Record positive experiences and affirmations of your own worth as well. So if you're going to be stuck in this environment with somebody like that or have to deal with somebody that's like that, you really need professional help. Victims often lose their confidence in their own thoughts, their own sanity and their own feelings, and they find themselves nervously double-checking themselves on a regular basis. So 
Sometimes these depressive feelings of being helpless and hopeless. And if you recognize yourself in that, you know, you will probably need professional help to dig your way back out of the devastating effects of a gaslighter. You know, a a therapist can offer you advice and help support for you to recover because they know exactly what a borderline personality is like and how they do. But, you know, you know. The big thing is they're going to throw stuff at you. So you need to know how to respond. You know, the, the goal is going to be you're the crazy one. You have mental health issues. You need help. That's the gaslighter talking to the victim. And, you know, you have to realize you're not the pathological one here. You're just catching into what really you you, you began to, to, to mask, attempting to hold me accountable for for questionable behaviors i'd rather you question your own sanity you know instead of uh me rather than my own deceptiveness and a manipulation so long as you believe you're the one who needs help you, you will never take responsibility for changing my own uh problems you know malignant narcissists play the smirking uh doctors to their victim treating them like unruly patients diagnosing their victims with mental health issues for having emotions as a way to pathologicalize their victims and undermine their credibility And this is even more effective when abusers are able to provoke reactions in the victims to convince society that they are the ones with the mental health problems. So according, you know, to domestic violence hotline, some abusers will will, uh, actively drive their victims to the edge of, of, of proof of their own instability. And, um, you know, this is domestic violence hotline coming from them. They estimate about 89% of their callers have experienced a form of mental coercion and 43 have experienced a substance abuse uh, uh, coercion from a, an abuser. So most survivors who reportedly their abusive partners had actively contributed to mental health difficulties use uh, substances um, that they their partners threatened to use the difficulties of substance against them. Uh, and so what I'm trying to say is to deal with the borderline, the person starts drinking or taking alcohol or, do, or doing drugs of some kind. And then the borderline is loaded with new with knowledge to be able to define that person as an alcoholic, define them as crazy. They will use that tool because that person's trying to cope with the borderline, and to cope with the borderline, they're turning to alcohol or drugs or whatever instead of getting out of the relationship. You know, um, you have to also uh, recognize that they're insecure and they're jealous. You know, they enjoy planting seeds of insecurity and doubt in your mind about your attractiveness, about your competence, about your personality. Even if you're their spouse, who they depend on for finances, they'll still do that to that person. So if you if you dare to question their numerous flirtations or if you dare to question their affairs or inappropriate interactions, you know, it it'll they'll put you back in your fl- in your place with the fear of losing them. So so they'll convince you it isn't their deceptive behavior, it's your inability to remain comp- confident while they uh, perpetually put you down, compare you to demeaning ways to other people, and eventually cast you aside for the next best thing. You know, they they love manufacturing love triangles, harems, because they have this narcissistic part of their personality. And uh, seduction is their big thing because that's something where they feel needed. That's something where they actually feel they're needed, and that's what they want so bad in this life because most of them are just empty, lonely people, even in committed relationships. And then they also use the you're too sensitive or you're overreacting 
uh, to them and, and is, you know, it's not, you know, that you're too sensitive. You're rather, you know, they're sensitive, they're callous and they're unempathetic. They don't care about your emotions unless they serve them in some way. So your negative emotions provide me with stimulation and pleasure, you know. So I want to keep that going because I can make you look crazier than me. So I enjoy putting you down for having legitimate reactions to my abuse. And that's kind of how they operate. Whether or not someone is a sensitive person is irrelevant. When it comes to cases of uh, psychological or physical violence, abuse affects anyone and everyone of varying sensitivity levels. And its impact, you know, you shouldn't take it lightly. You know, the mark of a healthy partner is that they give you a space to feel your emotions and validate them. These dudes can't do that. Oh, and they also do this. It was just a joke. You know, you have no sense of humor. You know, uh, they love to disguise their humor, their abusive behavior as jokes. You know, I like calling you names, putting you down, claiming you're the one who lacks a sense of humor to appreciate my wit. You know, they make you feel defective. And allows them to say whatever they wish and, and with a smile and, uh, you know, some uh, in a laugh. That's how they operate. Um, you know, they just love that. You know, they, they, they disguise cruel remarks off, off uh, color comments and put downs as just jokes. And it's a popular verbal abuse tactic uh, that they use. And this malicious tactic is very different from playful teasing, which takes a certain amount of rapport, trust, and mutual enjoyment. But when malignant narcissists dole out these kind of uh, unsettling jokes, they call them, they can engage in acts of name-calling, taunting, belittling, contempt, while evading responsibility for, for an apology or owning their vicious verbal assaults. So, then you know, you're then gaslighted into believing that it's your inability to appreciate humor behind their cruelty rather than the reality that they're just abusive, obnoxious people. You know, you need to let it go. Why are you bringing this up? This is another thing that you're going to hear from them. You know, I haven't given you enough time to even process the last uh, incident of abuse, but you need to let it go already so I can move forward with exploiting you without facing any consequences for my behavior. So they constantly change the topic and go to another form of abuse. You know, um, you know, they, 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 you know, they love bomb you into thinking that things will be different this time around. I will take some, I'm sorry I did that. It's a very surface, I'm sorry. Um, you know, they don't want you to bring up their behalf, their abusive behavior, because you'll then recognize it's a cycle that just continues. And in that cycle, it's common for the, the borderline personality to engage in a hot and cold cycle where they periodically throw crumbs of affection to keep you hooked in and then renew hope for the return in a honeymoon phase. And this manipulation is known as an intermittent reinforcement. And it's common for the abuser to terrorize you only to return the next day and act like nothing has happened. And when you do recall any abusive incidents, the abuser will tell you, let it go so they can sustain the cycle. So, um, you know, this kind of amnesia can, 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 can adds into your addictive bond to the abuser, and that's known as trauma bonding. And so, uh, you know, trauma bonding uh, is evidenced in relationships with the, with the connection, defies logic, and is very hard to break. So it's, 
you know, the thing for it to to form is a power differential, uh, uh, intermittent good and bad treatment, high arousal, bonding periods. These are all symptomologies of uh, that trauma bond that that takes place. And then here's another of their things. You're you're the problem here, not me. I am the problem here, but I'll be damned if I let you know that I'd rather subject you to personal attacks as you bend over backwards trying to hit constantly moving goalposts and arbitrary expectations of the way I think you should feel and behave. And as you spend most of your time trying to fix your fabricated flaws – while always coming up short of what I deem worthy, I can just sit back, relax, and continue to mistreat you the way I feel entitled to. So if you won't have any energy left to call me out, and that's what they do. They just wear you down. So it's common for those borderline personalities, abusive partners to engage in malignant projection. And they even go so far as to call their victims the narcissists, the abusers. So they're projecting on the victim that uh, actually what they are. And then they dump their own uh, qualities and their own behaviors on the victim. And this is a way for them to gaslight their victim into believing that they're the ones at fault and that their reactions to the abuse rather than the abuse itself is the problem. And then they often say, you know, I, I, I never said or did that. You're imagining things, you know, making you question what they did and, and said allows them to cast doubt on your perceptions, your memories. So they will basically attack the meaning of what they were saying or the words were not exactly what you said. They will remember things differently and they will remember it more concretely than you will recall it. And then you think you are crazy. And that's because they've been doing this for years and years and years. You know, many victims of gaslighting struggle with the cognitive dissonance, which which basically occurs. Uh, dissonance meaning that the, the, they be able to separate the truth from their reality. Um, when the abuser tells them that they never did or something, you know, it, 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 they sway people into thinking or try to sway people into thinking that they have the only truth in this world. And the big picture, you know, in order to resist the effects of gaslighting, you know, you got to get in touch with your own reality. And, and you really have to prevent yourself from getting entrapped into this loop of self-doubt. And so you have to learn to identify the red flags and have someone help you be objective to the whole thing. You know, the, the blame shifting, the put downs only exacerbate your sense of confusion you know, if you want to develop a sense of uh, self-validation, self-trust, you do not anchor yourself on a borderline personality. Don't do it. Don't do it if you can help it. You know, you can love them. You can be nice to them. But you have to be cognitive of the fact that the borderline is sitting in front of their personality and behind their personality, whereas their personality is being defined and run by the borderline, no matter how kind or wonderful the person is in between it, no matter how attracted they are. You can be the, the sexiest person on earth with a borderline personality and you have the, the problem of having the disorder operating your life. You know, it, it's important if you're around somebody with a borderline, get space from the abuser. That's essential. Be sure to document events as they happen. You know, it's not, uh, it's, it's not be beyond a borderline person to end up in jail for the way they behave. It's not uh, beyond them to do stupid things openly and blatantly, um, it, it's, it's not beyond them to do that. So re let's remember the symptoms and signs, very sense, intense fear of rejection or separation, uh, 
rapid changes between thinking someone is perfect or believing they're evil, risky behaviors like unsafe sex, gambling, drug use, accumulated credit card debt, threats of suicide or self-harm, difficulty uh, empathizing with other people, mood swings from euphoria to intense shame or criticism, and frequently losing their temper. That's that's. That's that's the borderline personality. All right. That's our show. I try to lay as much of that out for you as possible. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, you can contact me directly through our webpage on voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now, remember, you know you have scary neighbors when you hear them yelling at their kids to clean up their room and you start cleaning your own. <laughs> also, there's a hope that whoever invented autocorrect burns in hello when you know someone that thinks they know everything start calling them google thanks for listening everybody that's our show for this week please join dr gary bell for another edition of absurd psychology next tuesday at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific time on the voice america empowerment channel Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 